Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number 14. Arise, arise and shine. On thee hath dawned the day. God is thy sun and Christ thy light. Be thou a steadfast ray. Hymn number 14. If you would like to follow along with the readings tonight, please go to our website, and on the home page, you'll see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you'll see the link to the text for the Wednesday readings. The theme for tonight is Christmas, the coming of the light of Christ, and the readings will now be given by Mishaela from Canada. The Bible, Genesis, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Isaiah, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath shined the light. For unto us a child is born, 
unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David. Matthew Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is, being interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. John In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Matthew And Jesus went into the temple of God. Luke And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. John then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
Second Peter. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice, which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Proverbs The path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. I will now read correlative passages from miscellaneous writing and miscellany, both by Mary Baker Eddy. Christmas This interesting day, crowned with the history of truth's idea, its earthly advent and nativity, is especially dear to the heart of Christian scientists, to whom Christ's appearing in a fuller sense is so precious and fraught with divine benedictions for mankind. The star that looked lovingly down on the manger of our Lord lends its resplendent light to this hour. The light of truth to cheer, guide, and bless man as he reaches forth for the infant idea of divine perfection dawning upon human imperfection. That calms man's fears, bears his burdens, beckons him on to truth and love, and the sweet immunity these bring from sin sickness, and death. This polar star, fixed in the heavens of divine science, shall be the sign of his appearing, who healeth all our diseases. It hath traversed night, wading through darkness and gloom on to glory. It doth meet the antagonism of error, addressing to dull ears and undisciplined belief words of truth and life. The wise men follow this guiding star. The watchful shepherd chants his welcome over the cradle of a great truth and says, Unto us a child is born, 
whose birth is less of a miracle than 18 centuries ago. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. At this happy season, the veil of time springs aside at the touch of love. We count our blessings and see whence they came and whither they tend. Parents call home their loved ones, the Yule fires burn, the festive boards are spread, the gifts glow in the dark green branches of the Christmas tree. But alas for the broken household band, God give to them more of his dear love that heals the wounded heart. Today, the watchful shepherd shouts his welcome over the new cradle of an old truth. To the awakened consciousness, the Bethlehem babe has left his swaddling clothes, material environment, for the form and calmliness of the divine ideal, which has passed from a corporeal to a spiritual sense of Christ and is winning the heart of humanity with ineffable tenderness. Today, the Christ is more than ever before the way, the truth, and the life, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, healing all sorrow, sickness, and sin. At this immortal hour, all human hate, pride, greed, lust, should bow and declare Christ's power and the reign of truth and divine love should make man's being pure and blessed. To me, Christmas involves an open secret, understood by few or by none, and unutterable except in Christian science. Christ was not born of the flesh. Christ is the truth and life born of God, born of the spirit and not of matter. Jesus, the Galilean prophet, was born of the Virgin Mary's spiritual thoughts of life and its manifestation. Observed by material sense, Christmas commemorates the birth of a human, material, mortal babe. A babe born in the manger amidst the flocks and herds of a Jewish village. This homely origin of the babe Jesus falls far short of my sense of the eternal Christ, truth, never born and never dying. I celebrate Christmas with my soul, my spiritual sense, 
and so commemorate the entrance into human understanding of the Christ conceived of spirit, of God, and not of a woman, as the birth of truth, the dawn of divine love breaking upon the gloom of matter and evil with the glory of infinite being. Christmas to me is the reminder of God's great gift, his spiritual idea, man and the universe. A gift which so transcends mortal material, sensual giving, that the merriment, mad ambition, rivalry and ritual of our common Christmas seems a human mockery in mimicry of the real worship in commemoration of Christ's coming. I love to observe Christmas in quietude, humility, benevolence, charity, letting goodwill towards man, eloquent silence, prayer and praise express my conception of truth appearing. In different ages, the divine idea assumes different forms according to humanity's needs. In this age, it assumes more intelligently than ever before the form of Christian healing. This is the babe we are to cherish. This is the babe that twines its loving arms around the neck of omnipotence and calls forth infinite care from his loving heart. Beloved, a word to the wise is sufficient. Mother wishes you all a happy Christmas a feast of soul, and a famine of sense. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. But deliver us from evil. 
Bruce, will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 170. Let every creature hail the morn on which the holy child was born and know through God's exceeding grace release from things of time and place. I listen from no mortal tongue to hear the song the angels sung and wait within myself to know the Christmas lilies bud and blow. Hymn number 170.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. And we warmly welcome everyone to all of our services in person, on the telephone, over the internet, or listening to recordings of our services. <clears throat> At all our meetings and services, we read from the King James Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy, the discoverer and founder of Christian Science. Our Sunday morning church services are held at 11 a.m. every week. And at 10 a.m., we normally have our weekly roundtable discussion. This Sunday, however, is Christmas Eve day, and we will be having our very special Christmas Eve candlelight service that evening at 5 p.m. So just for this week, we will not be having our roundtable. But our Sunday morning service will begin at 11 a.m. as usual. At 5 p.m. that evening, Christmas Eve, we will be broadcasting our very beautiful candlelight service, complete with a chorus of our little bitty Sunday school kids, and you don't want to miss that. <laughs> there will be readings and music, and it will be a holy time. That's this Sunday, Christmas Eve day, church service at 11 a.m., and Christmas Eve candlelight service at 5 p.m. We have a Sunday school for children every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Many of the students live out of state and call in on the telephone. So if you have children who would like to attend the Sunday school, call the church to get the dedicated phone number, and our teachers will be very happy to welcome them. We also have a nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So if you're able to get here in person, be sure to bring the whole family. We have a website, plainfieldcs.com, with an amazing amount of the very finest Christian science literature in print and on audio. There are always new items being added so you're bound to find something that will meet your need and lift your spirit. And we have 17 additional websites in various languages so that people around the world can hear and read the healing truths of pure Christian science in their own language. All the resources we have on our various websites are free. There is never a charge. I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, 
although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. <clears throat> For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you're ready to give a testimony, please press the star button on your phone twice. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place and I will call on each of you one at a time by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through the study and practice of Christian science. Elizabeth from New Hampshire, go ahead, please. Good evening, and thank you so much for those beautiful Christmas readings. I would like to express my gratitude tonight for all that God has done. For Christ Jesus, our way-shower, who taught us by his example of overcoming matter and the material world. For Mary Baker Eddy and her sublime many sacrifices that led her to the uncovering of the fact that the teachings of Christ Jesus were a science that could be demonstrated by all who were listening. Every day and in every hour, we can see the risen Christ in everything around us when we're knowing the ever-presence of God. Thank you, Plainfield Church, for your consecration, for your sacrifice of material sense, for God's dear love expressed through you. It's such a wonderful, holy season, and I wish a holy, happy Christmas to all. Good night. Thank you. Janet from Georgia, go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you for the readings this evening. When I was 20 years old, I came down with Posen Oak. I asked my mother about this, and she mentioned to me that perhaps it was time for me to call a Christian science practitioner. I had never called a Christian science practitioner before for help. I always went to my mother because as children... She would help my sister and I through prayer and Christian science, and sometimes I would help myself. I did call the practitioner and told her that I had poison oak and seemed to be spreading very rapidly, and I was very fearful. What she said to me was shocking. She said firmly and tersely, were you born with it? And I shot right back. Of course I wasn't born with it. She said, then you can't have it. We talked for a few more minutes, and I just couldn't get over her question and the way she asked it. Never having used a practitioner before, I guess I was expecting her to say something like, Now, dear, you're the perfect child of God, etc. How silly of me. The next day, I realized the poison oak was completely gone. Not one sign of it, not even a tiny spot. My skin was smooth and perfect as the day I was born. This was a very valuable lesson for me. Her statement, while at the time seemed offensive, actually broke the mesmerism and brought about my healing. For this healing and many other blessings I've had over the years, I'm extremely grateful. 
I'm so grateful for my practitioner from this Plainfield Christian Science Independent Church. Her support and guidance is without measure. She's an example of how to live the science of the Christ. I'm extremely grateful to our God, Christ Jesus, to our dear leader, Mary Baker Eddy, and this wonderful Plainfield Christian Science Church. Thank you. Thank you. Nancy from Texas, go ahead, please. Thank you for those lovely readings. Some years ago, I had a wonderful healing that was twofold. At first, I didn't connect the two issues. The number one issue was a sense of imbalance when I stood up. My whole body would start to careen towards the floor, and I would have to grab something to stabilize myself. Even then, I had the sensation of falling, although I was sitting in a chair and holding on to the arms. It was most unsettling and debilitating. I couldn't drive or do much else for that matter. The number two issue was a false accusation against me, which involved my having to see an attorney and plead my case. I had never spoken to an attorney before, let alone be questioned by one. I was incredibly anxious over this, so I did what I had been taught to do while being raised in Christian science. I turned to my Bible lesson for the week. One of the quotes from Proverbs stood out to me. It's the one that says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. End quote. I knew that I had done nothing wrong to warrant this false accusation, and I wanted to tell my side of the story to this attorney. As I studied this quote from Proverbs, I realized that the word lean involves letting go of something. I had to let go of my sense of righteous indignation that said, how dare anyone question my integrity? I had to let go of my worries and doubt that the attorney would see my side. I had to let go of the fear that God was not in control. And the second part of the quote, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths, required me to acknowledge God in everything in my daily life. I began to thank God for the little things, for the sunny day, for finding the right parking space, for the smile and wave from neighbors every little thing. So as I let go of all these wrong thoughts, I acknowledged God's supremacy. And when I went to see the attorney, after only three or four questions from him, he saw through the false accusation. And the entire conversation from then on was positive towards me. In fact, he thanked me for clearing everything up, which enabled him to make proper decisions in the matter. And when I walked out of his office, I was upright, perfectly balanced, and never had that issue again. I am most grateful for our weekly Bible lessons, which include correlative readings from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. I am also grateful for the challenges we face, as they are merely opportunities to prove God's ever-presence in our lives. Thank you so much, and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Nancy from New Jersey, go ahead, please. Good evening. 
Thank you for the very beautiful readings tonight, the testimonies, music, and the hymns. I wanted to express my gratitude for the greater sense of peacefulness that I have been gaining through the teachings in this church and through the support and instructions of my practitioner. I've learned that before I set about my day or leave my home to run errands, I make sure to pray to know that it is God who orders my day and to pray that all that I do will be to the glory of God and include an opportunity to bless others. This has brought many blessings to me by not being caught up in the chaotic pace going on around me as I have done in the past. This past Saturday, I needed to run several errands that required me to go to a very busy shopping outlet not far from my home. Now, normally on a Saturday, it is extremely busy, and this being the holiday season, it was a place that I would have avoided going to at all if I could. This time, instead of just rushing out to get there before it got too crowded, I sat down and I prayed to know that God was directing my day and that every activity that I had to do, I could trust to him. I needed to go to three different stores all a good distance from each other in this complex, so it would require me to have to find a parking spot at each location in a very hectic parking lot. As I pulled into the shopping complex, a thought came clearly to me to drive to the farthest place I needed to go first, and lo and behold, two beautiful parking spaces were open right in front of the store. As I entered, uh, it was very busy, and a salesperson directed me right to where I needed to go. I was able to quickly find what I needed. The long checkout line moved very quickly, and I was back in my car in no time and on my way to the next location at the opposite side of the complex. I found a very convenient parking spot immediately at each of the other two locations, and to my surprise and joy, I found myself on my way home in less than an hour. At one time, I would not have thought that this could be possible, or I might have thought, wow, this was my lucky day. But I know without a single doubt that it was because of God's guidance and direction and for giving my day to him that brought this about. During this entire experience, I felt so peaceful, each stop so harmonious, and everyone that I encountered was happy and helpful and smiling. I'm so grateful for all that I am learning here in Plainfield, that no matter what we have to do, big or small, when we acknowledge and trust that God is in control of every situation, action, and activity, and turn to him for direction, we can be assured that he will direct our path. I'm so grateful to God, our loving Father, Mother, to Christ Jesus, to Mary Baker Eddy, and for her priceless gift of Christian science. I'm so grateful for my practitioner's support and always reminding me to stay in my Father's house. And I'm very grateful for this beautiful Plainfield Independent Church. Thank you. Thank you. Tony or Lenny from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Oh, thank you. 
for those beautiful readings tonight, Michelle. Um, I wanted to express my deep gratitude for a recent experience that was just such an amazing proof of God's government and His uh, unerring disposal of events. Uh, just the other week, I had testified about a quick healing that I'd had about some sharp ear pain that I experienced. And at the same time I, that I had that healing, I think I'd mentioned um, that I had originally called for practitioner support with our ongoing house hunt. It had been about 14 months or so since we'd sold our former home. And it was really starting to seem like it was just unnaturally long waiting to find the right house. And we just weren't having any luck. And I was starting to wonder if, you know, we just needed to handle animal magnetism that was saying that there wasn't anything out there for us, or we just weren't going to find anything in this market. Um, I will say as an aside that my husband and I had experienced a lot of growth during this time that we've been very grateful for. Um, we had a very difficult and highly unfriendly situation with our next door neighbors where we were living or where, we, where we've been living. Um, and I've been really grateful for that experience because it's taught me to uh, what it is, what it means to be consistent in understanding how to love our neighbor and to love your neighbor as yourself and to see these people correctly. And to stick with this, even when things didn't seem to yield at first. So we've really had some good unfoldment there and some good growth. And we also realized at the time that we've been living up where we're at, that we have to consistently pray for the town that we were, we've were we been living in. Um, because that little town has struggled in recent years. And, you know, it needs us to love and support it and to support the people there. So we've been working on all these things and definitely feeling like real progress had been made. But even after all that, it, it was still a little frustrating that we didn't seem to feel like there was, you know, we weren't seeing any movement on the house front. So, like I said, I'd finally called for some practitioner support on that. And I think it was a Friday morning that I had called and asked her, you know, anything came to mind for her, um, for us to work on. And she told me to spend some time that weekend digging into the Martha Wilcox address called The Power of a Right Idea which I did. That first night, I remember there's so much that jumped out at me. Um, a couple of things in particular being what Mrs. Wilcox says about angels, how they're as real as any other part of God's creation, and that they come to us when our consciousness is prepared to receive them. And she says they can come as a surprising thought or conviction or as the right thing to say or to do, and also that they come in a timely way. So I prayed a lot that night with that idea and to know that there was nothing that could prevent a right idea coming to us about this house. But I also realized that I had to recognize that I didn't know when that would be. You know, the timing isn't mine, but it's God's. So God knew what the timing was supposed to be and that when the time was right, nothing could stop us from getting that angel message. I also worked with something else that jumped out that she said, um, I think it was during that spot where she's talking about Jesus' demonstration of turning the water into wine at the wedding. She says that Jesus knew that a divine idea or spiritual inexhaustible fact was underlying the human sense of water. And because of this understanding, he turned the human sense of water into wine. That is, he turned the limited sense into an inexhaustible sense. And she says any human sense of need is supplied by divine idea of the spiritual inexhaustible fact underlying the need. 
So that really helped me see that our need would be met in God's time and that nothing could stand in the way of it. It was, it was God's law. So I didn't have to worry about housing shortages or anything else that seemed to be going on, you know, kind of in this whole real estate market. Well, the next morning when I got up, my husband was already up and he said, hey, I think I might have found an interesting house on Zillow. And he proceeds to show me this house. It was in an area that we frankly just hadn't looked at. Um, It was an area we didn't think we wanted to live. So I took a look at it and I was like, wow, this is is actually pretty cool. Um, Because it was in an area that we hadn't really looked at as much, he had a friend that lives in the area. And so he called to talk to her about it and to get more, uh, get more of her impressions of it. And she happened to mention that she had also just seen a house go on the market down the street from another friend of hers. And she thought that we might like to take a look at that one as well. So we set up appointments to see both houses the next day. And long story short, we got to the first house, the one he'd originally seen online, and it clearly wasn't the right one for us. Um, it was just, uh, it, the thought just did not, uh, you know, when we walked in, it just did not resonate and we got no, no ghost signal or no feeling, you know, like that was the right one. But the second one that the friend had recommended, um, we saw that and it was like it, something about it just, it definitely resonated. Um, I think there were three other offers on the house already, but we put an offer in on it the next day and it was accepted. So everything since then has unfolded just very harmoniously. It's been very, very smooth. Um, And one last really cool, interesting note I'll add is that once we got out of the due diligence period and everything went binding, my husband told his boss where we were going to be moving. And his boss informed him that the company was actually going to open an office in that nearby town in the next month and that they could go ahead and set up an office for Tony there set up his podcast studio, all the things that he was doing for the company could be set up in this new location. And he'll end up having maybe a 10 or 15 minute commute into the office. So needless to say, we were, both of our jaws were hitting the floor. It was just uh, so amazing. And just so uh, no way we could have humanly worked this out on our own. It wasn't even, this whole area wasn't even on our register at the time. So um, I'm just, I'm so very grateful for this experience. It's almost hard to put into words, but it's just so amazing to see how things unfold in God's time and certainly in a way that we could never have predicted. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. I'm so thankful for the help and support of my practitioner. Um, she's helped us a lot throughout this the last 14 months with some of the other things we've worked on as we've been up at our current place. Um, so I'm very grateful for that and just so grateful for this beautiful science that unveils God to us in such a a wonderful, real, tangible way. And thank you to everyone tonight for all the lovely testimonies. Thank you. Jeremy. Uh, Thank you for for your readings tonight, Misha Ela. I'm very grateful for the fact that through all this church has offered, as well as through regular practitioner support, I've been able to learn more about what the Christ really is, why Jesus was born, and what it took for Jesus to complete his mission. The interpretation I was given in Christian churches as a child had me quite mixed up about it. But the purity of Christian science as taught here has cleared all that up over these past years. 
I'm thankful now to have a greater appreciation and love for Jesus and a greater understanding of the Christ. What a blessing it is to be a member of this church and to be learning Christian science here. Thank you. And now we have a testimony from Kara in New Mexico. In Sunday's roundtable, there was a wonderful conversation about obedience, a word many people bridle against because the human ego would have us believe that bending one's will to another leads to a loss of freedom. I've had some pretty intense conversations with friends who cannot stomach that word. On Sunday, an illuminating reference was made to the freedom that comes from being obedient to our loving Father. That reminded me of an incident that occurred when I was about six years old. I was at the beach by myself, and when I climbed the stairs that led up from the beach back to our house, I saw my dad standing by the side of the road a little ways off from the landing at the top of the stairs. Stop! He yelled at me. Don't go any farther. I obeyed. I should add that I adored my dad. If he'd told me to swim to China, I would have tried. He then told me there was a nest of baby rattlesnakes, more dangerous than regular rattlers because they don't warn before they bite. He said, come to the side and I'll lift you out. At six years old, I took his directions literally. I walked right off the landing toward the side of the road. I hadn't taken three steps when I saw him blanch white, terrified. He hadn't meant the side of the road, but the landing. I had walked right over that nest of vipers with no problem. Sunday's roundtable made me realize that because I always felt so protected by the love of my human father, who felt like the embodiment of divine love I learned about in Sunday school, my obedience to love had been my protection. Cut to 30 years later, I was walking on the same cliff while my dog was running around snipping everything. Suddenly, I saw her stick her nose into a brown lump, a coiled rattlesnake ready to strike. My heart froze. Now, my wonderful free-spirited dog had a tenuous relationship with the command, come. I knew I had to say that command so she knew I meant business, but not feel I was angry at her. That one word came out of my mouth with such force that my dog turned right away from that snake and came to me. A friend walking on the beach below later said, what happened? I've never heard you sound like that. That's because it wasn't me. It was the voice of divine love. A few years later, I adopted an abused rescue dog so anxious that he had a perpetually wrinkled brow and would break out whenever I left him behind. On the surface, you could say I had to teach him obedience to stay until I returned. But what was his incentive? He didn't care if he ran in front of a car because he believed I was his safety. So I began dropping him off with friends, asking them to love on him until I picked him up. Soon he began to realize that I wasn't the answer. Love was. His brow unwrinkled. He stopped trying to find me. And from there, obedience came easy. Because what was he being obedient to? Not my human will, but love. Mortal mind wants us to believe that obedience implies some kind of loss. But all that gets lost is the lie that there is any power except divine love. We teach dogs obedience to keep them safe. Why? Because we love them. They choose to be obedient because they love us. 
Same with me and my dad. My dad and my dogs taught me the true meaning of obedience. Obedience is love reflected in love. And I'm here to tell you, love really can save anyone from any kind of viper's nest. Thank you, Plainfield, for these participatory meetings where we learn the truth that heals. Thank you. And now we have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. I'm very grateful to the holy practitioners and workers at this independent Christian Science Church. Thank you to all who contributed to the wonderful Bible study and the inspired roundtable on the weekend. One statement really stayed with me this week. A practitioner stated, and I'm paraphrasing here, that our individuality is not political, but it is Christian science. Just wow that our individual relationship with our Father-Mother God is Christian science, that God is speaking to us all of the time and he can be heard by anyone. My city, Melbourne, still holds the infamous title of being the most locked-down city of the world with over 260 days locked into our homes and fined if we moved more than five kilometres from home and fined if we moved around after 6pm without a permit. At the time, this infuriated me humanly for the egregious trespass upon individual liberty and freedom. But I felt at the time that I was one of only a few who could see that this was actually wrong. Well, at a business meeting this week, I was working with two of a senior leadership team in a client business to plan how to repair the damage to their workplace environment caused by those extended lockdowns and caused by the government-forced mandated vaccines in workplaces. This year they have been experiencing problems with people not wanting to come into the office and they've also experienced a huge influx of activism across a range of issues that have nothing to do with their business. So I was sitting in this meeting affirming God's truth of individual thinking for all people and knowing that this workplace was not governed by politics or activism, but it was governed by God. And as we have been taught here, I was carefully and firmly resisting the animal magnetism that would tempt me into feeling angry humanly about the wrong thinking behind this activism that they were trying to fix. I sat there feeling like a different person. This was so different to how I would have reacted to wrongdoing in the past. And so I was able to help these leaders to resist feeling anger and fury themselves about this political activism in their workplace and to mentally affirm that each individual must be allowed to express themselves, to love their God. So we came up with a wonderful range of solutions to build a better workplace environment for all and to encourage individual thinking and opinions without people feeling afraid or bombarded by activism as what has been happening in their business since the lockdowns. And all this occurred without me needing to jump in with fury or push in with political opinion, to not get up a fight with error, as Bicknell Young states it. It was all achieved in the Christ consciousness, with a firm focus to obey what we are taught here, Humility, head down, and the Christ, shields up, 
and mentally affirming, Hail Son of God to all people everywhere. This all came about because of that one profound piece of learning I'd heard on the weekend that individual thinking is not political, it is Christian science. So thank you, dearest Plainfoot Independent, for teaching us in these adult Sunday schools. So my everlasting thanks to everyone, and thank you also, dear Abby and Laura and Bruce and Jared, who sang so lovingly to God on Sunday. Thank you all so much, and have a happy, holy Christmas, and so much love to you all. Thank you. Shardy. Hello. Tonight, I would like to express my gratitude for Mrs. Eddy, Christian Science, our Plainfield Independent Church, and my wonderful practitioner for opening my thoughts about how to observe Christmas with spiritual understanding and love. I do have happy memories from the way my family celebrated Christmas around church and caring for all, inviting those to supper who lived alone. But now, now as the Christ's light dawns, I feel empowered to share the Bethlehem babe, our Christ, who blesses all mankind everywhere, every minute, and some of my favorite lines that guide me are from the readings tonight. I love to, this is Mrs. Eddie, what Christmas means to me. I love to observe Christmas in quietude, humility, benevolence, charity, letting goodwill toward men, eloquent silence, prayer, and praise express my conception of truths appearing. The splendor of the nativity of Christ reveals infinite meanings and gives manifold blessings. End quote. Happy Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Linda. Thank you very much for those beautiful readings tonight. I'd like to express my gratitude for all the wonderful audios we have on our website. One evening, a week or so ago, I was up in the middle of the night and I, had, I was having a stomach discomfort and some other issues along with that. So I decided uh, to listen to some of the audios and, and just pray and send out prayers in the world. And one of the ones I listened to was chapter 62 of Mary Baker Eddy, Her Spiritual Footsteps, as we had been talking about a lot about weather the last couple of classes. And I just listened to that, and it was so beautiful, and the truths in there were so powerful, and I just was praying, and then we had storms coming, which they didn't manifest the way they were threatened. And I know that was the weather committee. Um, but anyways, I found myself healed in the middle of the night, just listening to these audios and in the prayers. So I'm very grateful for all that I'm learning here about how to pray for the world and pray for myself and for to be part of the mission here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bruce. 
This will be quick. I'm just very grateful for our lessons, the golden text in this week's lesson from Ephesians. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Just wanted to say a couple days ago, I woke up in the morning and before I even got out of bed, I started thinking about all the things I had to do today. And then it just started coming in like a rush and I was feeling very much unpeaceful. So I got up and read the lesson. And of course, I spent quite some time with just this golden text that I read and I found that it helped me immensely. But it also reminded me of another statement that Jesus said elsewhere, my peace I leave with you, but not as the world does. <clears throat> so I thought on that, and uh, the worldly concept of peace is essentially sleep. When this is entirely different, that wasn't Jesus' method. It was awake and alert and active with the truth of being and in the confidence that God was here with us and that he had all things ordered according to his plan. And thinking on those things, I felt my confidence and my peace and calm come back to me. So I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Mary. Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> I have a couple of things to read tonight. The first from Iowa. I am very touched and grateful for the great heart of Christ this Christmas season. I am very grateful for this church in bringing Mrs. Eddy's science to the world and for all the practitioner help I've received for quite some time now. When struggling against problems, what great unfoldment and blessings follow, and it makes it so worth it, though one might not see it at first. I really feel that at last I can actually see God as all in all. I'm getting it, and how beautiful this is to me. Evil is powerless to hide the kingdom of heaven from us or to interfere in any way with the appearing of this kingdom on earth, nor can it prevent the millennium. If I can reach this, if I can reach this, anyone can, and God loves all his children so much, and I'm knowing this now. I felt the desire to share some of my thoughts and experiences and send it in as a testimony for tonight's reading meeting. Thank you all at Plainfield. And then a testimony from California. Thanks be to God for his wonderful works. Over the past two weeks, I've been actively supporting a neighbor of mine, a dear friend for over 35 years, who had surgery for an obstruction and is in the hospital. On a recent night, she texted me that she felt she was dying and told me I was the best friend she ever had, that she loved me and she would miss me. Her text took me by surprise. I couldn't believe it. I knew something had to be done quickly. My first inclination was to call my practitioner for support, but then the thought came, no, this came to you, and, and you can handle it this time. I knew God was beside me, so I grabbed my Bible and my special journal where I keep inspirational insights, prayers, and quotes, feeling free to share from sources we both have in common. The thought of how to approach the issue of dying came with the words of a Plainfield practitioner who I had heard on many occasions during the roundtable discussions say, 
the hell you say. So when I made the call and my neighbor picked up, I basically told her the same in different words, affirming that this wasn't going to happen and she would be returning home. Realizing how the, atmos how the atmosphere she was in would cause her thoughts to become perhaps deadly, I told her I wanted to share some spiritual truths with her and jumped into the, quote, valley of death from Psalm 23. After telling her, although it appeared she was there, God was leading her through and would not allow her to linger. I started reading the whole psalm. She repeated certain words as I said them. We went through several more psalms, Proverbs, Isaiah, with her repetition of certain words and parts of verses. As I read, causing me to realize that she was familiar with the truths of fear not, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, that God was a very present help in trouble and had redeemed her, so she belonged to him. When it came time to end the conversation, my friend's voice was very different. She said the readings had helped calm her. The next morning, I received a text that, things, that the things read the night before got her through the night. The angel of workers worked on me all night. I was so peaceful, she said. And in that peace, the physical problem of obstruction gave way and the body's natural processes took control. A day and night have passed since then and her thought no longer fears, but is filled with love for all around her. Her thought is in the secret place of the Most High, keeping that peace of God within her active. God leads us all where we need to be. I am so grateful to be a witness to God's attentive care over my friend and for being able to share what I am as a Christian scientist. With praises to God, and love to this congregation. Thank you tonight for those beautiful readings, all those beautiful things from uh, prose works, from what Christmas means to me. I think all my very favorite ones put together so beautifully. Um, I always think of our time together at our services, Mrs. Eddy says in miscellany, at this immortal hour, all human hate Pride, greed, lust should bow and declare Christ's power, and the reign of truth and life divine should make man's being pure and blessed. These times together have a mighty power, and I'm so grateful to be with you all to hear those beautiful testimonies and music, and I know we'll be together this weekend for a happy and blessed Christmas. Much love to you all. Thank you. Shardy, will you please announce the last hymn? This hymn is written by Mrs. Mary Baker Eddy. It's mm -hmm. hymn 23. I would like to read the second stanza. Dear Christ, forever here and near, no cradle soul, no natal hour and mother's fear or tear to thee belong. Hymn 23. Mm -hmm. 